Thanks for joining Impact Boom. On this episode... Find ways that align your passion, your sense of fun and adventure with things that also are providing impact in the world. And if you can do that, then you're getting a sweet spot where you're able to live this rich and rewarding and awesome life, but while also creating this positive change in the world. Welcome to impactboom.org. We search the globe to find the people, stories, ideas, and inspiration to help you create maximum positive impact. Each week, Impact Boom brings you thought-provoking interviews with world-leading practitioners passionate about creating positive social change. These designers, social entrepreneurs, educators, innovators, thinkers, and doers share their projects, initiatives, thoughts, and insights on creating a better world. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates, or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes. Thanks for listening to episode 303 of Impact Boom. My name's Indio Miles, and I'm passionate about communicating the initiatives and enterprises causing sustainable and positive change globally. Today, we're speaking with Joe Kelly. Joe Kelly is an educator, consultant, and innovator focused on sustainability and social change. He teaches university courses and corporate workshops on thinking and acting like a change maker and has written articles for mainstream media and academic journals, as well as speaking to audiences around the globe. Joe's professional career encompasses 20 years of experience providing consulting and advisory services to businesses, governments, and nonprofit organizations. He holds a PhD in resource and environmental management and is the founder of the Project Change Foundation, which provides financial and mentorship support to early stage charities in Canada. The Gandiana Jones Project is his first book. On today's podcast, we'll be discussing critically engaging in the social change ecosystem through embodying the change you want to create and where there are opportunities to provide innovative education for aspiring entrepreneurs and change makers. Joe, thank you so much for joining us today. We're really excited to be speaking with you. Yeah, thanks for having me, India. Happy to be here. Excellent. So to start off, Joe, could you please share a bit about your background and then what led to your interest and work in social enterprise? You did a great job with your bio, but jack of all trades, I've done a number of things. I've been, a, as you mentioned, a, a consultant, an entrepreneur, a college instructor, and I guess most recently a founder of a public foundation in Canada. So yeah, I've played around with a number of different roles and, and types of organizations. But I think that when I was thinking about this, the thing that sort of weaves together between these different roles is uh, I've tried to always find projects and opportunities that bring together some of my core personal values. In particular, three things that come to mind are community, contribution, and creativity. I I define community as connecting with others. Contribution is about making an impact, making the world a better place. And creativity is about bringing new ideas to life. Professional, and I think the, the, the thing that's similar between these different roles and projects is that they encompass these three values, whether that's creating a new course in which students learn to think and act like a change maker, creating a community event that brings people together in support of a great cause, or even the entrepreneurship that I've done, which was creating a software company that helps companies to reduce their environmental impacts. I think all of those projects encompass those three core values of mine. And by doing so, I think the result is for me personally, I've had sort of a lot of rewarding and fulfilling experiences while also making a difference to the world as well. I have to 
be honest with you, uh, you had mentioned that, that your whole podcast is about social enterprise. And it's a new term to me. I, I had to actually remind myself by Googling it, you know, what exactly it was. <laughs> I looked at the definition online and I'm like, I guess I've done that. I can speak to this to a certain degree, but I never really thought of myself as a social entrepreneur uh, involved in social enterprise, but I guess I have in retrospect. It's a really fascinating look there and outlook on your past and all of these different experiences that you've had. And we covered it in your bio a bit and you're the founder of the Project Change Foundation. So what is this organization's social purpose and how important are charities in instigating social change? We started the Project Change Foundation in 2015, and it's a Canadian public foundation. Ultimately, it serves as a catalyst to help kickstart new or emerging community-based charities in Canada. So these are charities that are in the early stages of development. They have clear vision for improving their community or the environment. We help them by providing small grants and mentorship support to help them get through those early hurdles in those first stages of development. So we often find that these charities have people that are involved with them and often awesome visions for what they want to achieve. Then there's all of these obstacles that young charities face, whether that's like organizational structure, finding money, raising money to, to sustain themselves or HR issues, you name it, anything that... Uh, most organizations grapple with. Our board goes in and helps mentor the people involved in the charities to get through some of those obstacles early on. You had asked about the role of charities as well, and it's an interesting question. For me personally, I think that charities do play a very important role in our society and in our, our communities, particularly when there's some issue that is beyond the scope of government. There's no government programs, or perhaps there's inadequate government programs that might be involved in a particular issue. And they're outside the scope of for-profit business as well, or at least it's hard to envision how for-profit business might scale with respect to some of these issues. One example that I highlight in my book is a charity that's based in Quebec, Canada. It's called the Dr. Clown Foundation. And what they do is they have a, a team of specially trained clown doctors and these clowns go into hospitals, care homes, and other health institutions, and they help provide some levity to uh, the patients that are grappling with some major health issues. And there's been a lot of scientific research that's shown that providing some joy, some moments of levity can, can really help improve the quality of life for the patients, but also their families and the hospital staff and doctors as well. The, the work that Dr. Clown Foundation does is very important. They provide a very valuable social impact in their communities, but the, the work they do, it's outside the scope of traditional government programs, at least in Canada. It's difficult to imagine how a for-profit business that's accountable to shareholders and is focused on generating profits would at least scale to, to provide these services in a broad, significant way. This is where a charity can come in and provide a service like this. It's driven really by a mission and not by profit. Really powerful observations. And it's great that you've highlighted the role that charity sector plays within the broader kind of social impact ecosystem. It's really amazing to hear, Joe. So where do you believe opportunities currently exist for individuals to engage in projects or businesses that create this positive social or environmental impact? I think a lot of people have this mindset of searching for this rare golden opportunity in their life. They want to find the one thing, something that they're passionate about, that the world needs, and it's like searching for gold. But I think actually that the 
the question almost needs to be flipped on its head. Instead of looking for these rare opportunities, I think that for at least for many of us that have been blessed with adequate access to education and other resources, there's almost an unlimited number of things you can do. And there's opportunities are abundant. The question isn't trying to find this rare opportunity, but what lands or mindsets should you take to whittle down all of these opportunities that are out there into something that might be suitable for you? There's an exercise I include in the book, which is called Give What You Need. And in it, I asked the reader to list a few things that they personally would find helpful in their life or that they'd like more of in their life, and then brainstorm some ways to give this very thing to others. So you're looking at what you need and then giving that to your community. One of the examples I include in the book is actually from one of my past students, a woman by the name of Kaya Dori. And she when she left, graduated from university and she started looking for opportunities, she was really passionate about clothing, apparel industry, and also sustainability. So she wanted to work for a company that was making sustainable apparel that, that was suited to her casual West Coast style that she had. She wanted to find a company that was producing apparel that was made from natural or organic fibers, but also manufactured in locally and ethically way. But it had to be something that was cool, hip, and stylish as well. She couldn't find a company that met her criteria. So she just decided to venture out and, and create the business herself. But fast forward today, and she's created a company called Novel Supply Company, which makes stylish, sustainable clothing. It's ethically sourced and the processes she uses are all safe for the environment. And moreover, it's the clothing is really, you know, cool and stylish. Again, I think this is a good example about how person Kaya in this instance looked for an opportunity by pinpointing what she wanted more of in her life and or in the world around her. And she decided to just provide that. This is just one way that a person might come at this challenge of looking at all these opportunities. How do you find something that you might actually do and commit to? I love that idea of just being able to find those opportunities. And I really enjoy how you mentioned perceiving that idea and that business idea of looking for that one business opportunity out of a million, the needle in a haystack, and instead just looking at your own life and what you want to see in the world. That's a really beautiful idea. So thank you, Joe. And you touched on it there and before, but you've just published your first book, which is the Gandhiana Jones Project, an eight-week course teaching people how to embody social impact. If you're looking at this book, if you were to summarize the key learnings from it into three main lessons or themes to help entrepreneurs create the impact they want to see, what would that be? Great question. The thing I should say is that the title comes from this mashup of two characters. One is Gandhi and the other is fictional archaeologist, Indiana Jones. One of the main ideas, and I guess this ties into my first lesson that I'd like to share, Gandhi is this archetype that represents service, impact, and creating change. And Indiana Jones is this swashbuckling character that represents fun, adventure, and passion, and doing it with style. One of my key points in the book is it's not a question of one or the other. You can pursue a life that combines both of these archetypes, and I think it's really important we don't need to be 100% Gandhi all the time, right? It's really important to also be Indiana Jones or whoever that character is for you. You need to have fun. You need to have an adventure. Life should be full of those things as well. And so how do you find opportunities that bring those together? Yeah, I think that my first lesson from the book is to find ways that align your passion, your sense of fun and adventure with things that also are providing impact in the world. If you can do that, then you're getting a sweet spot where you're able to live this rich, rewarding, and awesome life, but while also creating this positive change in the world. That's my first tip or, or lesson from the book.
I'd say the second one, and, and this came from interviewing a lot of amazing people and change makers in writing the book. And one of the things I think that most of these people had in common is they all had a way to articulate a really compelling vision for the change they wanted to see in the world. It's so important for, if you want to be a change maker, an entrepreneur, to have a clear, simple and heartfelt vision, and also offer a practical way to get involved with what you're doing. If you can do that, you're able to provide something of real value to people. There's a lot of people out there want to engage in opportunities that are meaningful, make a difference, but they don't necessarily know how. If you can step in to their circles and offer not only a clear vision of what you're trying to achieve, but also a practical way, way to get involved, you're really providing an amazing opportunity for other people as well. It's my second tip, having a clear vision. The third piece of advice is the importance of building bridges within your community. Like it doesn't really matter how passionate and skilled you might be. It's almost impossible to build your vision by yourself, at least if, if your vision is, is at all grand. There's just not enough time in the day, not to mention there's usually other people that are much more talented at certain tasks than you. It's vital that you get out there, you engage with others, and you help make your vision, a shared vision that other people can can get involved with pushing forward. I would say that's the third lesson that's interwoven into the book is we want to create real meaningful change. One of the best ways to do that is to form a collective and to network with others, engage with others, and, and create a difference within the power of your, your community. I love those three ideas. Those are really powerful for anyone who's looking to create that social impact in the world. And it's amazing to see that you've woven those throughout this book that you've written, the Gandhiana Jones Project. And it would just be a fascinating read, I'd have to say. And in your past, you've been a consultant, an educator of individuals led by social impact. And a lot of this is channeled into this book. So what would be the best advice you could give to an aspiring entrepreneur or change maker? Such a great question, Indio. <laughs> so many little pieces of advice to choose from, but I, the one that I kept coming back to was, it, it, it might sound a little cliche, it's so important not to let fear stop you from pursuing your dreams. It's been said before, this is nothing new, but again, the big question is how, how do you actually do that when you're in the, the vice grip of fear? One way, and this also isn't necessarily new, but I think it's worth repeating, and it, it might be a, a little bit counterintuitive, but to help release yourself from the grip of fear, it can be very helpful to embrace your own mortality and the impermanence imper of life. Let me give you an example. I mentioned this in the book. Let's say you're a writer and you've got an inspirational story to tell and you want to do this in front of an audience, but you're afraid of public speaking. That's a common fear amongst a lot of people. But if you can think about, this is almost a bit of a stoic belief, but what's the worst that can happen in that instance? You get a frog in your throat, Maybe you sweat buckets, you freeze up, perhaps you feel completely embarrassed. Really, ultimately, so what? It doesn't really matter. In a hundred years time, you're going to be dead and buried. No one's going to remember or care. Like life itself, fear is transitory. But there's a silver lining. This shouldn't be like doom and gloom, right? Why do anything if nothing really matters? The silver lining is by embracing the impermanence of life. You can free yourself to go after your dreams. If nothing really matters, ultimately, you can do anything. If you want to start your own business, do it. If you want to make beautiful art, you know, create it. If you want to go overseas and volunteer, buy your ticket. Don't let fear stop you. Fear is really just a temporary hurdle. And if you can find a way to work through fear, really anything is possible. I think that's my top piece of advice for uh, budding entrepreneurs or really anyone that wants to follow their dreams. 
Well said, Joe. Really inspirational piece of advice. And thank you for sharing that with our audience. And obviously, in the writing of your book and in your past as a consultant, you've come across a lot of organizations that are creating a strong social impact. So would you be willing to share a few of these organizations with our audience? There's a ton of organizations out there. It's really quite something. This used to be something that was was more niche, this idea of companies and organizations that were also heavily focused on social and environmental impact. But now it's, it's more and more common. I, I shared the one example of the Dr. Clown Foundation, which is a, a great example of a charity. And there's all sorts of charities, obviously, that are focused on mission creating impact. But there's also a lot of examples of for-profit organizations. And that ranges from real small privately owned businesses, such as Kai Dory's company, Novel Supply, which I talked about earlier, all the way up to larger companies. Tesla is obviously a, a very public example of a massive company that's creating incredible change in the automobile industry. One of the, the other companies that I feature in the book is Upside Foods. And they used to be known as Memphis Meats. But based in California, a biotech company that makes cruelty-free meat from cultured animal cells. Instead of the traditional way of raising and cultivating meat, which is not only inhumane to animals, but also heavily impactful on the environment in terms of land, energy, and water. Their processes are helping to reduce and eliminate a lot of those negative environmental impacts. And I think that's a great example of a company that's trying to find a way to not only make money, make a profit, but also create a strong impact in the world. So again, there's a ton of examples out there. And I think that more and more organizations like these are realizing that when you're aligning your strategy, direction, mission, your vision with core values that go beyond just generating profit, there's a lot of benefits that they can realize. One of which is just the ability to attract good talent. When a company or an organization is very clear about their values and the vision that they have, they're able to lure and attract people that have shared values. Again, this is the idea of giving an opportunity to others who share your vision to come and help. You're giving them a practical way to come and help realize that vision in this sense through a traditional job. And I think that's just a wonderful example of how companies can benefit and as they should, I think that the companies that are out there doing good should benefit and make a positive change. Fantastic organizations and a really great point at the end there about linking it back to that change. It's super important. And to finish off, Joe, what books or resources would you recommend to our listeners? I'm a huge reader. <laughs> uh, I've got a long list. Uh, actually, at the end of the book, I include a list of 20 books, which mm. I highly recommend. And I went through that list and I pulled out five. Of course, there's many more. The first one I've listed is Start With Why by Simon Sinek. That's just a great book to try to understand what's your what, like, why are you doing what you're doing? Hmm. That's such an important question to ask yourself when you're thinking about your vision. The second book is Making Ideas Happen by Scott Belsky. Hmm. This is a book that talks about how to bring your vision to life, how to work from vision to reality. I think that book just does a great job of just clearly outlining what's required to bring a vision to fruition. The third book is one of my all-time favorite books. It's called The Great Work of Your Life by Stephen Cope. Mm -hmm. And that's a, a bigger picture book. If you're trying to think about what you want your life to be about, what you want your legacy to be, and you're grappling with that question, I can't recommend this book enough as a place to, 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 to start. The fourth book I've got here is a classic 
Man's Search for Meaning by uh, Viktor Frankl. Again, a wonderful book to read if you're grappling with questions about what is life about and what I want to do with my life. And a wonderful book. Everyone should read that book and it'll change your life for sure. And finally, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. Again, a classic business book that looks at seven key habits that uh, a lot of highly effective people have embraced. And one of the habits in that book, which I think is really important, is the idea of living a life that's highly principled and based on values. And obviously all the habits are important, but that habit stands out for me. Those are five of my favorites. Really fantastic recommendations. And also your book, The Gandhiana Jones Project, I think anyone should check out. It sounds like an excellent read and some of the insights that you have clearly channeled into that book would just be helpful to anyone in our audience. So really thank you for all of those recommendations and all of the resources or organizations or entrepreneurs or projects or novels like you were just talking about that have been mentioned throughout this interview will be linked in at the end of the article. So once our audiences either listen to us have a chat or they've read through the transcript itself, they'll be able to click on through and check all of those out. So we've just reached the end of our interview, Joe, and I just want to say on behalf of Impact Boom, thank you so much for making the time to share your generous insights. You've just been very helpful in talking about this area of social impact, just in charities and all of this amazing work that's going on in the world. And we really, really thank you for making the time to do that. And I just wish you all the best in the future. Y'all, thank you so much for having me, India. Really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. You'll find links to the initiatives, people and resources mentioned in this podcast on impactboom.org. Please leave your comments below and remember, we'll be publishing fresh inspiration and insights to help you create positive impact every week on the website, Facebook page and Twitter.